Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you guys doing? Everybody good today? Let's give God praise for the breath of life that he gives us. He's a good God. So whether you're watching online or you're in person, so glad you are here today. And I'm just so thankful that you have made the trip. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. And over the past several weeks, I want to tell you, we've been talking about a new year and a fresh start. And that's what God is. God is the God who gives us that fresh start. He gives us that new opportunity. He gives us the clean slate. So that's what we've been talking about the last several weeks. So I'm so glad that you're here. And if you have not been here, be sure to go to our YouTube channel or be able to go to our website and our app or something like that and be able to catch up on that. But God has been blessing tremendously in this series of messages we've been doing. And the, the, the thread that's pulled it all together is that the quality of our decisions will always determine the quality of our life. That's a fact. And so when you think about people that make decisions, most people are not good decision makers. Our, you know, when we make decisions, our decisions make us. And so that's what I've been talking about. And with that being said, when you base your values on God's will— God's way, through God's Word, what will happen, your decisions will get easier, and I promise you that. So today, as we just want to jump right in, every one of us clicks something every day, and we get bombarded with ads. How many of you realize that? We get all these ads and things that we click on. We all have that device in our pocket. We all have those phones in our pocket, and we do that. You click on something, it wants you to buy this. You want to subscribe now. You need to check out this. You need to check out that. And this digital age that we're in, let me ask this question. How many ads do you think they say that we actually are a witness to each day? Somebody throw me out a number. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very close. Very close. How many? Anybody else? A thousand? Anybody else? How about we're subject to about 10,000 a day? And that's not talking about static ads like billboards and things like that. And, and the thing about it is, this was, I found this very interesting on all the platforms that we use. I don't know if you know this, but 77% of the people in our country, they use Google at least three times a day. Isn't that amazing? Looking for that information, and then you're subject to the things it is. But here's what's not good. The studies that they're seeing is the more ads we see, the more miserable we are. Would you all agree with that? You say, well, what do you mean? Because this shows lack in your life. There's this pervasive message that in order to be happy, I've got to get more. I've got to be on fire to acquire more. And if I don't accumulate stuff, it's not going to be good for my life. And, and, I, and I can't have a good life unless I have the new iPhone 14. I've got to have it. It's got that new commercial that shows that little lizard, he's dead, and, he, and the guy sends, his, sends this message to his buddy and says, Leo's dead, and then Leo jumps back up to life, and then he hits the message and undoes it, and poof, it's gone. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to have the I-14. I mean, I've got to have those new shoes. I've got to have that purse. I've, ladies, you've got to have the leggings that's got the iPhone pocket, right? Can I get a witness? You know what I'm saying? That's what you got to have. If you don't have it, you feel like you're less than. But here, when you think about it, the culture is screaming 10,000 times a day to you and I, it's more blessed to get. However, say however, 
it's totally countercultural to what Jesus said. To what Jesus said. Look at Acts chapter 20 in the last part of verse 35. It says, it is more blessed to give than to what? The origin of this writing and and with it is basically saying you're happier, you're more joyful if you give and you're fulfilled and you're blessed. But so many know this, so many of you know this already because you proved that through you giving to the greatest gift offering. And we blew through the goal. Let's give God praise again that he can use us to be able to do such things like that. That is awesome. Many of you want to give more. I believe that. But you know what? You feel like you can't. So today, as we move forward in this time that we have together, I want to share with you how that you can truly be blessed by your giving, how you can truly be joyful, joyful, how you can truly live that purposeful life that God wants to give you. I want to share with you from God's Word and God's way and God's will of becoming a really, really generous person like God when we talk about when we stop holding back. Father, right now, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray your anointing on the words you'd share through my life. And I pray, God, and rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. He has no right to be here, so we rebuke him out of the house. And I pray, God, that everybody's heart Be fully attentive to your word, and may conviction come on our hearts where it's needed, and may, when we leave here today, give you glory for all things. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, see, the direction of your life will always be determined by the quality of our decisions. But here's what I want to tell you. You're never going to accidentally become a generous person. You're not going to stumble into start tithing. You're not going to stumble into giving offerings. You're not going to be that person that's going to accidentally help a neighbor whose rent they can't meet. You're not going to accidentally or stumble into buying a loved one some groceries because their cupboards are bare. You're not going to be that person that's going to stumble into funding a ministry or sponsoring someone to go on a mission trip. You're not going to be that person that's going to accidentally get so extreme in your generosity that you're not not only give 10%, but you go from 10% to 12% to 15% to 25%, and then you die and you leave an inheritance to your children. I do believe I read that in this book, right? So I want to ask a question. How many of you today want you to be vulnerable? How many of you here, you truly want to be more generous? I'll be the first to raise my hand. I think everybody does. We truly want to be more generous. But here's where the mindset is with most people. And so what do you mean? The mindset is when I have more, I will give more, right? See, you finished my sentence. That's the mindset that most people have. And listen, that's not how generous people think at all. See, generosity isn't about what you have or what you don't have. Generosity is about the heart. That's what it's about. It's about the stance of our heart. I know poor people who are stingy. I know rich people who are generous. 
I know poor people who will give the shirt off their back to you. I know rich people that you couldn't take a can of WD-40 and, and bathe them in it because they squeak so much because they're so tight. Today, we're going to take a look at a story that Jesus shared a parable, as a matter of fact, in Luke's gospel, chapter 12 in the New Testament Bible. It's a story about a rich guy. And this rich guy here began to get so much richer. He looked and he thought, what do I do with all of my riches? I, I don't have room for everything that I have. And I can't consume it all at once. I have a great abundance. So he says, oh boy, I know what I'll do. I'll be really generous. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to give more to the church. I'm going to help single moms. I'm going to be able to give to the poor. I'm going to fund some mission trips. I'm going to sponsor this one to do this. That's not what he did at all. What did he do? What did this rich man do? Look at verse 18 and 19 in Luke's gospel, chapter 12. It says, I know I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> Take it easy, take it easy. Why don't I eat, drink, and be merry, and be lazy? Isn't that kind of what people will do? Why did he, why, why did he do what he'd always done? This rich guy. See, the more, just because you get more money doesn't make you more generous. It just makes you more of who you already are. That's what it does. You say, what do you mean? Break it down for me, Pastor. Listen, more money doesn't change who you are. It just reveals who you already are. So if you want to be more generous, you want to be more generous when you have more. You've got to learn to be more generous when you have less. So today, I just want to talk to you just about a couple of qualities that generous people have, that generous people do, what they do. And, and when you think about generous people, they plan to be generous. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I know. I know what it is, Pastor. Generosity. That's when you randomly bless people. That's when you randomly go up to the guy that's always on that corner. He's sticking his hand out for money, and I put money in his hand. Or that's when I am a generous person, and I, I do buy that person some groceries. Or I do, hey, I know what, I've been, I'm blessed. I got a little money extra in my pocket. I'm going to buy the person's coffee behind me at Starbucks. That's how most people give of the most of their time. They do those kind of things, see? Or they see some kind of commercial, or they see some kind of sad story, or they see these dogs in a cage with Sarah McLaughlin. I hate that song now, because they abuse it. You go to a fundraiser, what do they want to do? You go to a fundraiser, they either want to guilt you into giving something or they want to motivate you into giving something spontaneously. Give that spontaneous gift. Let me tell you what that is. That's giving 
not generosity. So what do you mean, Pastor? I, I, I want to be clear. Giving is good. You want to do it. I mean, I keep extra money in my pocket. Money, that's that green stuff. I don't know if a younger generation of you have ever saw it, but it's green, about six inches long. It's got a picture of a dead president on it. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I love keeping money to be, able to, to, to be able to bless people. But I, listen to me. I want to be clear that you're honoring God, but when you're giving it, but that's not just what the generosity of what I'm talking about. Generous people don't have to be guilted. Generous people don't have to be inspired. Generous, generous people do not have to, to be reactive about something. Generous people, they don't have to just see a need of what's taking place. They don't have to just have some extra money. They don't have to be prompted into something. Generous people have a plan. Look at Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 8. I love this verse. But generous people plan to do what is, what's that word? Generous. And it says, and they stand firm in their what? Their generosity. They stand firm. They don't wait. They don't make excuses because it's not what they do. It's just who they are. They're generous people. And they've got a plan. And you know what's funny? Most people do not plan to be generous. Most people plan to be a consumer. They want to consume. It's something that you want. We all do it. You want something you want? How many of you like me? You go and you research it, right? You research it. You go and look for it. You look for the deal. You look for the coupon. You look at multiple places. And then you go and you get what you want. And a lot of people, you know what they end up doing? They swipe now and they pay later, right? Isn't that kind of the, the story of the people in the U.S.? See, generous people, they have a plan, and they plan to give. They're generosity junkies. They do it strategically. They do it prayerfully. They have a, a life to where they design their life around generosity. It's not something they do spontaneously. They don't get emotional about it. It's not something that's random. It's something that's intentional. They plan in advance about how they are going to give. Now, some of you are thinking, that's cool, Pastor. I'm glad for those people that are generous. But some of you are thinking, I'm not a planner, especially when it comes to my finances. I am not a planner. Oh, yeah. Everybody, under the sound of my voice, has a financial plan. It may not be a good one. It may not be something you've written down. But everybody here has a financial plan. What happens is God supplies to all of us. And then you may end up spending more than you make. Then you lack margin. Then you begin to wring your hands and start to worry. Then you develop anxiety. This is a common financial plan. People think, I would like to give more, Pastor, but I can't. You know why a whole lot of that is? Did you know in the U.S. right now, in the U.S., that 70% of the people in our country are living paycheck to paycheck? They're one paycheck away from disaster. So let me ask you this. What's the problem? I'm just curious, what's the problem? It's not a money problem. You say, what do you mean? It's a spiritual problem. You say, what do you mean a spiritual problem? Well, think about this with me. We're trusting in things rather than trusting in and putting our faith in God. See, what generous people do, they break that cycle by putting God 
first, not accidentally, but strategically. And a lot of people, what they end up doing, instead of being a person that's going to seek the kingdom of God and all these things be added unto them, they seek the purse first. They seek the golf gloves first. They seek the car, the new ride first. They seek the new granite countertops inside the kitchen, and the list goes on. But generous people, they seek God first. And you know what that principle is called in the Word of God? It's called the tithe. It says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, very simply, it says, bring all the tithes. Got a question. When you read this verse and it says, bring, why do y'all think the word says bring? Think about that for just a minute. It doesn't say give, give all the tithes. It doesn't say that, right? You're bringing it because it's not ours. It's God. So you bring the tithe, which means 10th to 10%. And then God says, you know what, I'm going to give you a good deal. I'm going to let you keep 90% and you can enjoy your life. Now, some people say, well, that's just hard to do. Now, I would listen to your argument if God had said, bring 50%, you keep 50%. I would be able to take in and I would be glad to get a counseling appointment with you to help you cry and whine about that. But God didn't do that, did he? He said this, he said, bring all the tithes, the 10% into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my what? What's that word? Temple. Now, this is one of our high five values as a church. Our mission and our vision is to reach people to know God. We fulfill that through our high five values. Everyone reaching, everyone growing, everyone serving, everyone giving, everyone connecting. That fulfills the great commandment and the great commission. But here's what people think when they hear this. They've heard so much bad news about churches and giving and all that kind of stuff. I want you to stay with me and I think you'll have a different light in it by the time I get done. But a lot of people think, I, I would do that, but man, pastor, a lot of things would have to change if I started doing something like the Bible says. That means I would have to rearrange my life around God. That means that instead of me thinking about all the things I want, you're saying think about what God is saying here and what God wants instead. So as we finish this verse, I call it the blessed test. Look at the first three words in the next sentence. It says, if you do, look at the person next to you and say, if you do. Says the Lord of heaven's armies. He says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great. Say, so great. You won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God is saying here, test me and see if I don't provide everything you could ever imagine, your needs, and I believe most of your wants. But see, a lot of people don't realize that this is the only place in Scripture, in the Bible, that God, our Creator, tells to us His created to put our Creator to the test. And a lot of people, they want to say, well, is this one of the, you might be new here thinking, is this one of those prosperity churches? Are you preaching this prosperity doctrine? Let me tell you something. It's not a prosperity teaching I'm talking about. It's not a prosperity gospel. It's a generosity gospel. That's what I read here. A generosity gospel. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. 
His one and only son. And when you start giving, you see it's more blessed to give than receive what it does to you. It changes that cycle in your life. So many people continue to spend more and more, and they live in the land of lack, and they live in the world of worry. But when you give to God first, you honor God, and God blesses you, and He provides for you, and it builds your faith. That's what it does. Shannon and I raised three daughters. And I can tell you one thing right now. How many of you here have raised girls or raising girls? Yes. There's one word I will tell you about raising girls. Expensive. It's not like little boys. Little boys, you don't matter about their hair. You can buzz their hair off. Stick on some shirt and some little jeans. Don't matter what color socks, if they're different because you can't find the other one that seems to go in the land of the world away from the laundry business. It seems to, to disappear, you know. But we raised three girls, and we always tithed off the top. And there's times that we didn't have much at all in our checking account. But God always got it first, and God always provided. And I remember one particular summer that I promised our girls that we were going to go to Florida, and that we were going to go and meet some of our friends, and we were going to go down to Florida, and we were going to go to the amusement parks and all that kind of cool stuff. And I tried my best that I could to be able to save up money to be able to go because I promised my girls we would go. When it come down, get this, to the Friday before we were going to, the Friday that we were going to leave the very next day, man, I didn't have much saved at all. Not even enough with us driving down there and to cover the hotel costs, expense, eating, all that kind of stuff. And so you know what I was going to do? Instead of breaking my promise to my girls, I was going to go to the bank, believe it or not, and I was going to go and get a small loan in order to be able to go. And then when I got back, I was going to work hard to pay it off. I come home that evening. I went to the mailbox myself before I pulled in our driveway. And there was a check in the mail for $2,000. Now you can say that's happened chance all you want to, but I say it's God. And I could tell you story after story after story of how God done tangible things like that throughout our lives. But it's not just saying that if I write God a check, he's going to give me back tenfold, fiftyfold, hundredfold. It's the intangible things that God does for us, that blesses us, that we don't even realize that God is around us and his angels are helping us and, and he's there for us. It's amazing. And you know what? When people do what I'm talking about here and they step into this generosity zone and they take this blessed test, I've never talked to anyone who took the blessed test and they come back to me and said, man, pastor, I wish I'd never done that. Not one. As a matter of fact, for probably about 15 years, we've been doing what we call a 90-day tithe challenge. And that's if you want to tithe here, you, you, you write that 90-day tithe on an envelope or you send it in on the app or whatever and say, I want to do this. And in 90 days, if our finance team has record of your giving in 90 days, if you'll come to them and tell them, I'm worse off now than I was 90 days ago, we will write out a check. Now, a check, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's this piece of paper that you actually write a number on and you fill it out. Some of you may not know what I'm talking about, but anyway. We'll give you that back. But here's what's, here's what's amazing about it. No one has come to me or come to our finance team and says, Pastor, they asked for this back. <laughs> so you put God first. You pre-plan. You don't just give God his leftovers. You put him in it first. And giving isn't what a generous person does. Generosity is who they are. 
So we give God our first and our best, and we trust Him to bless the rest. That's how that works. That's what God does because He's a loving, merciful God. So we plan to start with a tithe, and then it grows from there. It's not something that we do accidentally, but it's something that we do strategically, and God prospers it, and your giving grows with that. So generous people, what they do, they plan to be generous, but also generous people plan to round up. You say, what do you mean? I remember one time that we were at an amusement park, and this has been a long time ago with some friends and our kids and their kids grew up together. And, and as we was at this amusement park, they had some high-end restaurants. Well, we were dressed for an amusement park, right? So we go in there to eat dinner. Well, this waiter kind of treated us less than. You know how it is when you go and you see those waiters and they, they just get this ideology that they don't think you can afford to be in this restaurant right thing. You know what I'm saying? So we sensed this with Bob. His name was Bob. Everybody say Bob. I remember getting my steak, and I looked up at Bob after I had cut into my steak, and he came back the second time. I said, Bob, my steak is cold, (laughs) and it was. I don't think Bob really cared whether my steak was cold. Bob didn't think we should be in the restaurant. And so I learned a very wonderful thing after me and my friend, my pastor friend, talked. And he said, you know what we're going to do? I said, what? He says, we're going to round up. We're going to bless this guy's socks off. And that's what we did. We gave him a tip that blew his mind. And you know what? I believe to this day, it made him think. Because instead of us judging him for a cold steak between him and the kitchen, we wanted to round up. That's what generous people do. Look at Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 26. All day long, he, talking about the lazy and the selfish, craves and craves. But the righteous gives and does not hold back. Generous people always round up. When you look in, this, look in the Scripture here and you read the story about the Good Samaritan, and the Good Samaritan is the third guy on the road there, and two religious people in front of him sees a guy that's laying over here left dead, been robbed, and stolen everything from him. The two religious guys went by on the other side of the road. But this guy, being a Samaritan, looked over there, and no doubt the Samaritan knew the guy was a Jew, but he went over to him anyway, knowing the Jew hated him, and he went over there, and he helped him, and he gave him oil, olive oil, and bandaged his wounds, and he gets him up, and he puts him on his donkey and he takes him to a hotel and he lets and as he takes him to the hotel he says good luck buddy i'll see you later hope life's good for you no what did he do he rounded up look what the bible says in verse 35 of luke 10 the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins tell him take care of this man and if the bill runs higher than this i'll pay you the next time i'm here the good samaritan rounded up What about another guy that I sang about as a kid growing up? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a, for the Lord he wanted to see. Who was Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a selfish, ruthless Roman tax collector who continued to be a crook who stole from people and the taxes and took advantage of them until he met on the road a man named Jesus who transformed his life through the power of Jesus and look what happened to him in this story in Luke's gospel chapter 19 and verse 9 it says Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord and if I have cheated people on their taxes I will give them back four times as much Zacchaeus rounded up. 
Zacchaeus rounded up. That's what generous people do. Jesus said, hey, if someone asks you for this principle of rounding up, Jesus said, if someone asks you for your shirt, you give them your coat too. If they want you to go a mile, say, man, I'm going to go two miles. If someone asks you to, and you're in a place where you're going to give a tip, round up on the tip. If you want to help somebody with some groceries, be sure you give them plenty of dessert. If you know somebody you need to help a family, bless the kids too. I could go on and on and on. But I'm not just talking about random giving or waiting till I get more. Generous people make a plan, and generous people always round I will tell you, even though I grew up in a Christian home, before I met Shanda to get married, I was not a generous person. I just wasn't. But when Shanda and I got married, we wanted to get it right. You say, what do you mean, get it right? I don't remember our pastor ever preaching a message just about tithing or giving or anything like that. I don't ever remember that. But we knew that we wanted to be a blessing for God because we knew that God was a blessing for us. So we started tithing. And you say, why? Because we wanted to be a part of what God was doing. And we knew that what we had was his anyway. And I want you to know that we owned that generosity principle. And that's why that I'm sharing this with you, but so you can experience God's blessings like Shanda and I have experienced that. See, the lack of generosity in anyone's life, once again, it isn't a money problem. It isn't. It's a spiritual problem. See, the period, you say, well, Pastor, can you really just break down when you say it's a spiritual problem and help me understand what it is? It's people that trust in what they see and they don't trust in what God says. See, a lot of times, it's just a lot of different things. We just like to rip the pages out because we don't want to read that part, do we? Shannon and I, when we started tithing, God provided and he gave tithes and we were raising our girls. It was tough. There's times that we didn't have things that we would love to have had. And then next thing you know, as we were growing and chasing after the heart of God and God called me to preach and next thing you know, God calls us to start Freedom Church. And I remember as I went and I was looking for land and we did our very first capital campaign that this beautiful campus is sitting on here. Shanda and I, when our girls were little, we gave the biggest gift above and beyond our regular giving that we'd ever given in our lives. You say, why? Because... I knew we couldn't outgive God. We gave so much, even though we had so little. I remember when we were gonna, we got kicked out of the high school when they kicked us out and the Summer County School Board did and we were trying to get together to have a building because renting and leasing was so much more than, than we could do just to maybe move forward and, and, and build a building, the first one over there. And I remember Shannon and I praying and seeking God and we came back together after praying about what we needed to do. And this is how God worked. We had the same identical number above our regular giving that scared the daylights out of both of us. Because we knew, God, we don't have it. We just don't have it. 
Because it wasn't what we could see. We were trusting for what God could do through us to be flowing through us. And after we did that campaign, you know what we realized? For about three years each year, I think it was, 30, we gave 33% of what God had brought into our home three years in a row. And I promise you people, I never missed a meal. I never did. So we gave so much when we had so little. See, we keep on being generous as God has blessed us and God blesses us more. And if you want to be generous with more, listen to me closely. You learn to be generous when you have less. You plan in advance. See, giving isn't what we do. Being generous is who we are as God's people. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's never accidental. See, generous people plan to do what's generous. They stand firm in the generosity. They are not waiting. They're not making excuses and saying later, we plan for it and we round up because giving isn't just what we do. Generosity is who we are. And we have a giving God who gave us his son. So I want all of us to be like him because we cannot outgive our gracious God. Some of you may be thinking, I, I really do want to be generous. And I believe that. Some of you are thinking, man, if you only knew how deep in debt we are, or I am, and, or if you even knew, Pastor, how bad we've been with money, with everything the world's trying to get us to get, I get that. Here's what I want you to do. I, without application, you can't get better. We want to help you. So if you would, if you just text the three letters FPU to the number they're going to put up on the screen, 615-900-2176, we will be glad to help you. It's called Financial Peace University. I've been through it multiple times. It is a godly program to help you to see how to make a budget, to see how to get out of debt, to see how to become that generous person that I truly believe that you want to come. And I want you to do this so bad. Listen to me this. I want you to be so generous, so bad. And if you don't want to give here at this church, don't give. I want you to tithe and give offerings so bad, I'd rather you go to another church. If you don't want to give here, go to another church and do it. God's going to take care of Freedom Church. He always has. He always has. I want you to live the blessed life. I want you to experience what me and my wife has experienced. And until you take that step, you're not going to understand it. You'll always be pushing back because you think you don't have it. Generous people, they just don't give when they have more. They give when they even have less. So they can even give more later. It's not a prosperity gospel. It's a generosity gospel. And I praise His holy name for it. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, I'm just so thankful for each one that's here today, in person, those that are online. God, I'm praying for people to get closer to you today than ever before. And the time is now for such a time as this, God. God, I pray, God, for the enemy to push him out of anybody's life where he tries to come in and tries to frustrate people and, and think it's just about churches and money and all that. Oh, Lord, it's about to becoming like you. 
So I pray, God, that you'll touch every heart, bless their lives, God, that they can be generous like you. As we continue praying, if you would really like to give more and you really want to grow in generosity, just right now, the biggest thing, you want to grow in generosity, would you just lift your hand real high right now, all across the auditorium, say, I want to grow in generosity. I want to pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, and thank you, God, for all of these that's lifted their hands. I pray, God, you're going to bless them today. I pray, God, that they'll seek your face, God, and Lord, that they'll step forward and not realize I'll give when I get more, God. I just pray, God, you'll bless them right where they're at and see the need to become generous like you. I pray, God, for all those that might need help, God, in understanding what to do, and because, God, the way this world throws these ads and things at us every day, it's just about getting. It's not about giving. So, God, help us to become givers like you. Help each one to trust you and to be generous. Help us, God, to be generous with less and even more. Maybe you're here today and you don't realize how much God loves you. He loved you so much, every one of you. Maybe you hadn't been in church or you have been in church and you've just been through the religious things and you don't realize that God loved you enough that he gave his only son to die for my sins and yours, my wrongdoing, your wrongdoing. You know, he really died in our place. And today, if you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life, this salvation to you is free, but it cost heaven its best. It's a free gift. It's something you can't earn. You have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through the convicting of the Spirit. And you ask Him to come into your heart, you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, and you can be born again through the Spirit. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, your sins will be forgiven. So maybe that's you today and the Lord's knocking on your heart. Would you lift your hand real high right now? Lift your hand real high and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just lift your hand straight up real quick and back down and say, that's me. God bless you. I see that hand, friend. Anyone else? I would like to. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand real high and back down and say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. Anyone else? Just lift your hand real high. Make sure I see it. I'm going to pray with you and pray for you. Right now, Father, these that's lifted their hand, I just pray right now for them. Those of you that have lifted your hand, Christians, you be praying. Just talk to the Lord right now and say, Lord, I want to be brand new. I want to be saved. I want to be different. Just ask him right now, and it's your prayer. Just tell him, say, Lord, I invite you into my heart. Just say, Lord, I want to invite you into my heart. You've knocked. I'm here. I'm listening. Let him know that you believe in him, that you want to confess your sins, everything you've ever done wrong to him. Ask him, say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of those sins. Make me new. Salvage my life. Transform me, Lord. Save me. My life is yours. You've truly prayed that for those that lift your hand, and maybe you just didn't have the strength to lift your hand. If you felt him come into your heart and soul and make you brand new, whiter than snow, as the Scripture teaches, thank him for that right where you're at. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And, man, we want to hear about that. Let us know that. Kirsten's going to be out here just a second, and she'll be able to tell you about that. But, uh, Father, we love you. We praise you. Let's lift the roof off this place, God. You're a good God. You're saving souls. You're doing mighty things. And we give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory. 
Hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Y'all welcome Kirsten. Good morning, everybody. My name is Kirsten, and I am the event and media coordinator here today. Um, and if you decided to give your life to Christ today, we're so excited for you. That's an awesome next step. Um, I know the angels in heaven are celebrating, and we are celebrating with you. So mark that on your connection card, and we would love to meet you. So you can go over to the Next Steps area across from the coffee shop. Pastor T would love to meet you. We'd love to pray with you, give you a Bible. Um, you're not alone on this journey. We would love to walk with you. So make sure to mark that on your connection card. Next up, I have first-time guests. If you're here for the first time, you are a VIP. You are very important to God. You're very important to us. And most importantly, you're very important to God. So we want to thank you for being here. Um, it, it's a big step to come to church for the first time. So we want to know that we were here today. So you can also fill that out on your connection card and take it right out to the info center. We have a gift for you just to thank you for coming. And we'd love for you to try us out for three weeks. Come three times, check us out. Um, and we would just, again, love to have you. So make sure to go check us out at the Info Center. Uh, we're going to move into a time of giving. Um, and here at Freedom Church, we exist to reach people to know God. And we do that partially through our giving. Um, and the ministry of Freedom Church is very important to me. It's very special to me. Um, back in about 2015, 2016, I had started coming to Freedom here by myself. Um, my family stayed plugged in at our home church that we grew up in, and I was coming here alone. And then after about a year, my family moved over here to Freedom and um, had experienced a lot of church hurt. And I remember my parents were very determined they weren't going to serve anywhere. They weren't going to get involved. They were just going to be here. And um, not long after that, my mom started serving in guest services. My dad joined the security team. Um, my siblings got involved in all of the ministries. And that's because of the generosity of Freedom Church. Um, not too long ago, two years ago, I got to see my mom be baptized on Easter morning. Um, we've got some pictures of it. And it's just, this is what giving at Freedom Church is about. It's about watching people you love come to know Christ deeper. It's about reaching people who need to know him. This is what your generosity does. It does just keep our lights on. It, it fuels our community. It fuels the passion of Christ to meet people where they are and grow. So I encourage you to give. We have all different kinds of ways you can give. Um, you can scan the QR code on the back of your chair and give online. You can also do it the old-fashioned way and grab um, an envelope and put your giving in there. So I'm going to pray over the offering. Um, I highly encourage you to give, and then I have one more announcement for you, and then you can enjoy this beautiful Sunday. Father, thank you that you are the giver. Thank you that you have given us life. Thank you that you have given us new life. Um, thank you for all of your many blessings uh, that we surely don't deserve. So God, I just pray that through that overflow of your giving, um, we would give generously, that we would be um, full of life to give back to you. I pray that you would bless this offering wherever it goes, um, that it would touch people, that you would just be in it, um, and that you would use us in our giving as vessels. It's in your name I pray, amen. All right, so in July, we are going to the Dominican Republic. We've got a mission trip set up the first week of July. I'm so excited I get to go. Um, if you are interested in going, I have some information packets. I can answer any of your questions that you have. Um, I will be right outside in front of the glass windows over here in the corner. Um, so I would love for you guys to join me. Um, so if you have any questions, you want to sign up for it, come meet me out back. That's all I have for you today. So enjoy this beautiful Sunday.